Many of you might not know this about me, but in my younger days, I loved to sail. I remember one particular overnight passage. We were heading from Anagata, an island in the British Virgin Islands, to Saba, a Dutch island in the Lesser Antilles. That evening, the wind unexpectedly increased, as did the wave height, and we were headed bow first into large, crashing waves. The passage, only meant to take 18 hours, took over 30, and as we journeyed throughout the night amid nothing but ocean and darkness, I felt unsettled and fearful. Would we make it to solid ground? When would daylight come? Would nightfall set in again before our safe arrival, since we are being pushed back by the waves and only creeping along? Christmas, the birth of Christ. What came into incarnate being was life, and the life was the light of all people, as John's Gospel reads. Life in Jesus is light. Light is our theme for today. Jesus is the life and the light of all beings. This light is enkindled in our hearts. Life and light are apparently everywhere, everywhere. And here we are the week after Christmas, and we might be wondering, really, where is Jesus's light? We live in the unsettled reality that the world is full of wars and conflict. And on a personal level, Maybe the holiday season reminds you of loved ones no longer with you and grief and loneliness have settled in. Or maybe a recent diagnosis has led to hopelessness, uncertainty, and despair. Or maybe you long for a repaired relationship or finances after Christmas are such that you wonder, how will we make ends meet? Or maybe your life is full of light and that is wonderful, but for many, this season might be the very season of darkness, a wintering season, as one might call it. In a meditation several years back, Bishop Susan Goff wrote, Christmas is almost here, almost here again, and now here. We long for joy this year. We yearn for the light. We ache for peace. We thirst for the wonders of Christmas in this long, hard, never-ending, really messed up time. Pretty much everyone is weary and worn down. This is hard. This is really hard. Where is the joy in the middle of this muddle? How can we find it and feel it again the way we once did? So how can we find joy? How can we find peace? And how can we see the light? I will share with you a story. Jean, a young lady running down Park Avenue in New York City, bumped into a frail old gentleman, Pierre, knocking the wind out of him. From this chance encounter, the two became fast friends and they would go on walks together in Central Park. Jean was struck by how Pierre took notice to everything around him. If a strong wind suddenly whipped through Central Park, Pierre would say, Jean, sniff the wind. The same wind may once have been sniffed by Jesus Christ, sniff. Alexander the Great, sniff. Voltaire, sniff. Be filled with the winds of history. Jean writes, Pierre wasn't merely a great appreciator engaged by all his senses. He was truly penetrated by the reality that was yearning for him as much as he was yearning for it. 
He talked to the trees, to the wind, to the rocks as dear friends, as beloved even. Everything was treated as personal, as sentient, as thou, and everything that was thou was ensouled with being, and it thou back to him. So when I walked with Pierre, I felt as though a spotlight was following us, bringing radiance and light everywhere. People of all ages followed us around laughing, not at us, but with us. Pierre was truly diaphanous to every moment, and being with him was like being in attendance to God's own party, a continuous celebration of life and its mysteries. Now to be like Pierre is challenging, right? Nearly impossible. And remember, comparison is the thief of joy. Yet, what this story embodies is the truth that Jesus' light is all around us, even amid the grimness of our times. Jesus' light is everywhere. Claudio Carvalis, an eco-theologian and professor at Union Theological Seminary in New York, asked these questions. If Jesus' light is already in the world, how can we take notice of this light, of his hope that is already present, how do we feel joyful and peaceful amid our fears and amid the darkness of our time? Carvalho says that if we can glimpse in our ordinary day, within our mundane moment-to-moment -moment experiences, that the world is constantly bringing forth life, that Jesus' light is always with us, then we begin to see light in the pets that wake us up every morning. We hear birds singing songs, filling the air with hope. We see houseplants sprouting new growth, new life. The light of the moon, the sparkle of the early morning frost, the warmth of the sun, the miracle of waking up in the morning, the presence of a family member, friend, or colleague, the sweetness of an apple, the smell of coffee. This daily fullness of life is what brings Jesus to us a fullness of life which is constantly arriving to us. We might not notice, but life is manifesting all around. We are living moment to moment in hope because Jesus is with us. Jesus' light is all around. Now this sermon is not intended to downplay the enormous difficulties and challenges in life. As often life is so despairing that it is impossible to see even a glimmer of Jesus's light, or even a glimmer of Jesus's hope. But inversely, and just as important, we cannot have light without the shadow, without the darkness. And it is exactly in these places of darkness where God also resides. It is exactly in these places where God illuminates his light. Jesus, the Emmanuel, God is with us. The Lord is near. Jesus, born in the night and born into the darkness of the world, knows the despairing reality of our time, both collectively and personally. He walked through the darkness of his time, spreading his light to those in the throes of winter, to those in the depths of the shadows. He loved and healed them all, the poor, the sick, the lonely, and the downcast. Born in the night and died on the cross, dying in despair and darkness, mocked as an outcast, crucified. 
Jesus took on all the darkness of life for us by stretching his arms on the cross and touching the entire world with his mercy, love, and forgiveness. Through his death and resurrection, we have all received grace upon grace of his mercy and love, grace and grace of his light. So what happened on the tumultuous sailing passage? We finally arrived to Saba, or Saba after hours and hours of pounding waves. Amid the darkness, my fears gave way to hope. I saw the glimmering lights of the island in the distance, the glimmering lights of safe harbor amid the darkness and raging seas. We finally sailed into safe and protective harbor, being guided by the light, reminding me of Jesus' light shining ever so brightly, guiding us in the darkness, guiding us with a light that will always outshine the darkness, a light that will always outshine even the strongest of storms. And I realize now that the lights of Saba were always burning brightly in the darkness. And even though I could not see them initially, they finally came into sight. We might not always be able to see Jesus' light, to glimpse within our ordinary experiences that the world we inhabit is constantly bringing forth life, that Jesus' light is always with us, always shining bright, but it is there. He is with us. So may we find hope and comfort on this New Year's Eve in the promise of Jesus' light that is constantly shining forth in us, through others, and through all things before us. And may we constantly be reminded that Jesus is with us and that his light will always outshine the darkness and that the darkness will never overcome. And may this promise bring you joy and peace in the coming new year amidst the fears and darkness of our times. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Amen.